Hello, Schillerin. This is part two of a series of four episodes with industry thought leader Adam Mogalonski from Hotel Mogul. Hope you enjoy it. Can I ask you, from your customers, from your clients, what's the biggest challenge that they face to actually implement these three priorities? Challenge number one, probably of all of them. So challenge number one is the team's productivity, where we want to innovate, we want to move fast with tech. We can come in and we can we can say like a like a war like a war general, uh, do this, do that, do this, do that, do that. But the system still revolves around three-hour weekly ecom meetings, needing buy-in from each individual manager updating and uh, SOPs, training, team accountability, and all these uh, inefficient processes that are holding a organization back from innovating on a rapid timescale. And really, it just means that projects get delayed on the tech innovation side, and ultimately revenue opportunities are lost. Productivity, right? And organizing organizing ourselves and using the technology to actually assist uh, instead of getting as another distraction. I would say some hoteliers I've seen high-end technology and actually becoming an extra distraction rather than being a assistance uh, for their efficiency. Right. I mean, um, I would be careful with the term destruction because um, we're not talking about the, the F word let's say for any anyone uh any associate or manager what we're talking about is creative construction which is to say we're helping managers and associates realize the time that they don't have where we're helping them see okay well we want to free up your time so that way you can focus on all that other stuff that you've been putting aside and then uh, for months or years and haven't had time to look at it and eventually it just falls off until somebody comes along and says, why didn't we do this five years ago? And the answer is because we didn't have time. Well, now you have time by freeing up the productivity side, you have time to innovate much faster. And as well, you have time to be more guest facing where you can actually sit down with a guest and say, Oh, you're departing today. Uh, here, let's have a coffee and discuss your stay. I mean, that alone, that that simple action of being guest-facing where the departure is not simply um, a transactional conversation where you're at the front desk, you, you settle your card on file, then you exit. It's saying, okay, yeah, that all that's taken care of. Uh, let's, let's sit down, have a coffee, and I want to hear your first-hand feedback of how your stay was. If you if if any manager were to do that with any guest, that is a guest that is a customer for life. Yes, true. Whether whether they had a mediocre experience, whether they had highs or lows or whatever, by a manager taking a time to have a 15-minute coffee for a uh, zero a cost basis of whatever that cup of coffee is, plus the manager's time, still customer for life and word of mouth for life. And it's not happening 
but those are the opportunities we want to have happen. That's a very good point. Thank you for sharing that. I hope that more people listen to it, uh, get in touch with you to get a better understanding on how to oh. <laughs> increase their productivity because faith. it's important for the industry itself. Yesterday I was speaking to an, another person, uh, nothing about uh, hotels, and she was telling me how she always she doesn't like to go to hotels because uh, she doesn't like that transaction. She doesn't like the, the environment. Uh, and it's such a pity because it, it's just an opportunity that the industry is letting me sleep uh, away an opportunity to make human connections because we're too busy uh, doing robotic work, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the key word there, robotic, right? So. Um when you ramp up productivity and then get all these data connections in there, you're, um, and uh, this is a, a term that is not mine, I'm, I'm borrowing it because it's, it's just so good, which is by increasing the no touch, you enable the high touch of hospitality. That's nice. That's nice said. Like, and as we are talking about how we can improve productivity, uh, this actually improves probably the person's wellness. And you wrote a smart series of articles about how hotels can leverage a sleep, a good sleep nights and, uh, and increase actually the wellness of the guests for the long term. And you had a sentence on your article that I had to write down that is, if you don't make time for wellness, then you'll be forced to make time for your illness. And yeah. would you mind, telling our audience a little more about the series of articles and what is the silver tsunami that you speak about there. oh okay so uh a lot in there so uh, the title of the series is going long for hotel longevity and the term going long is borrowed from investment with uh, equities and stocks where you go long which means you're a long-term investor and then hotel longevity is combining the where hotels can stand to benefit from the longevity revolution and then the longevity revolution is talking about how uh there's a bunch of converging factors discussing what aging is on a biochemical level and the emerging science is saying that aging is a disease and if we treat aging like a disease and we work to prevent it through a variety of um tasks that we can do uh, daily tasks we thereby can prevent all other diseases that result from aging whether that is heart disease dementia, stroke, um, even sagging skin and graying hair and obesity. These all stem from the idea of aging, which is a banner term for metabolic slowdown or a bunch of other um, medical terms. So going along for hotel longevity is talking about saying, okay, this is happening. How can hotels get involved to be wellness centers so that way hotels are at the forefront of preventing helping people 
pre prevent from them from having to go to the hospital. So hospitals are where you go where you're sick for sick care. Hotels will be for health care, which is a combination of wellness primary people, people that are traveling specifically to hotels for wellness oriented uh, experiences and longevity or anti-aging experiences wellness secondary which is people are already doing these things at home and they want to keep going with it while they travel you know they're voting with their wallet for places that can maintain as they're going along and i would also classify there's wellness tertiary which is the don't know what you don't know problem where hotels can inspire people through a variety of messaging and upselling ways to think about this whole wellness paradigm shift that's happening to generate more revenue and to develop brand advocacy. So that's all happening and it is a very long-term trend because these, these things take a while to be accepted. There's a lot of uh, established thought, which is against it, but it's happening. Um, the pandemic is the biggest catalyst that we've seen yet where we all sort of got off the collective hamster wheel and we we all sort of said well what's going on and uh now you see post pandemic you see a huge focus on mental health on um alternative forms of healing or medicine whether that's uh people taking supplements eating healthier particularly because people were at home forced to cook all their own meals yoga, meditation, cognitive behavioral therapy, the growth of um, extreme temperature exposure clinics, uh, you know, all these spas that now have infrared saunas and ice baths and cryo tanks. It's happening and it behooves hotels to get involved because if they don't, if they just stay heads and beds places, they're at risk of commoditization, which means that they're 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 beholden to market forces and they can't grow rate above what the market's telling them. And that can work for some hotels. There's always a place for heads and beds, limited service, select service, economy, mid-scale. But if you want to grow, you got to start incorporating these programs. And we're seeing it happen organically uh, with uh healthier F&B with um, better sleep improvements, like just the upgrading of the of the curtains to be blackout and eventually upgrading HVACs to be uh, to produce less noise. So it's happening on multiple fronts and a lot of it is defensive. What this series of articles is talking about is more the offensive. Uh, and the third part of that is the silver tsunami as you mentioned which is the silver tsunami is a fun way of sort of saying that uh in advanced advanced economies so europe north america uh japan south korea uh singapore australia new zealand so basically the dare i use the term first world i hate that term it no longer applies but let's just say the the, the first people to achieve middle-class uh, countries. 
Um, so within these countries, what we're noticing is a very long-term trend, which is that birth rates are declining and older people are living longer. So much so that in the near future, one third of people walking around in these countries will be over the age of 65. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible to think about. And the silver tsunami comes in because we're talking about sil a tsunami, a wave, and silver being gray-haired. So just imagine a future 10 years from now in a place like a really advanced economy like Denmark or Japan, where one third of people walking around are over the age of 65. What does that mean in terms of reorienting your marketing, your brand strategy, your amenity offerings around targeting this group that have very different travel needs than somebody who's younger. So we have a bunch of converging trends. We have the longevity revolution that is extending the lives of people. And again, primarily in the upper middle class and the, the upper class, because that's just how technology works. It always starts. Uh, the early adopters are always wealthier than uh, through economies of scale it moves downhill that's it's that that's the way it's existed for the past 2000 years that's not changing combined with people living older and they still want to travel so how do you capitalize on all these trends mixing together in various ways and that's really what the column is about we have uh you know about nine under the hood thus far we're going to keep going for another hundred let's say because this this is a huge macro trend that's going to take place and already is taking place under the hood. And it's going to be affecting us all for the next 20 years in various ways. There is so much value in this series. Join me for the third part of this interview where Adam discusses longevity loyalty programs and staff wellness, which in his opinion should come before guest wellness. I will see you there.